All right, hello everyone. Welcome to a new season of Martin Wong Chat, where I talk to a lot of my friends and people in the industry. Actually, it's like every industry. That's not even one industry uh, about almost anything, you know, especially it was actually really helpful for me during the pandemic. Uh, you know, I get to talk to a lot of people to see how they're doing, do a lot of catch up and kind of like figure out where lives, you know, where are they in their, in their different stages of lives, you know? A lot of us are creators and we never really chose this life. We end up being in this life. So it's interesting to see there's lots of you know, common experience that we have to go through. So it's always lovely to talk to you know, different people. Uh, as always, you can listen to this podcast in anywhere. Uh, that's where you get a podcast from, like maybe iTunes or Spotify. You can also watch this on YouTube. So just uh, look up Marwang Chat and you're going to find us here um, and also of course uh, twitch.tv slash photo this is where I stream my podcast I'm um, hopefully I'm gonna do this every Wednesday and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun uh, today we are going to have uh, my good friend Brianna White she is an amazing person very lovely very bubbly I would say I feel like she's bubbly to me but maybe she's not to some people but to me she's definitely really bubbly um, she's a great uh, streamer a great gamer but you might actually know her, oh, great actress as well, but you might actually know her mostly from her voice. Especially, uh, she worked on this small game uh, from a franchise called Final Fantasy. You might have heard of it. Uh, she is the voice actress for Aerith from the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'm going to have her actually tell me more about that because she is such a great, interesting experience. And for those of you who knows, we actually did a few photo shoots, cosplay photo shoots with that as well. But, you know, I'm gonna let her tell, tell me more about it. So, yeah. What's up, Brianna? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. Uh, how's your day so far? And I would agree. I think bubbly is a very fair word. But, yeah, I, is it something that you taught yourself to be bubbly? Or it's like you always talk like that since you were a kid? I have not always been a bubbly person. But... I think my life has gotten better and it's made me happier. And so I think that's where the bubbly comes from. That's good. Uh, do you usually use that more in acting or in real life? Or like, does it translate one to the other? The bubbliness of my personality? Voice. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do it on purpose. I didn't like sit down one day and say, hmm, I think I'm going to come off as bubbly for the rest of my life. <laughs> Like that just did not happen. It's just like I'm just happy. I'm like a happy person, and I like to share that happiness. That's great, you know. Like, cause almost every time I see you, like even when you're you're by yourself, you're like kind of smiley too. Just you seem always happy. It's I wish I, I'm yeah. as happy as you. I'm just kind of jealous. That's oh, all. thank you. Yeah, no, I love what I do, and I'm very. I feel very very lucky to live the life that I live, and so I think it might just naturally come out um, in in my smile. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. So you do a lot of acting stuff, uh, especially before Final Fantasy VII, doing the voice acting. But like uh, on screen acting, you have done that a lot before. How did you end up getting into like when when you were growing up? Like, did you always want to be an actress, or like was this something you end up being an actress? I never know your backstory on that. Yeah, I've always wanted to be an actress pretty much since my first school play when I was seven years old. I decided I love this. I'm good at this. Let's make this the rest of my life. 
And um, I just aimed for that ever since then. And everyone that's ever loved me in my life, you know, every parent, every, you know, aunt or uncle, they've always said, Brianna, it's really hard. I don't know if that's the life for you. Maybe you should think about becoming a lawyer. Is that easier? Was, Wait, that's not easier. <laughs> no, it's not. But, you know, they always thought of me as like a very precocious, smart kid. And they were like, you have potential to do great things. And in their mind, I think the only great things that also led to security was, you know, being being a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. and uh, and things like that. Or Or like I had teachers that would tell me like, you should be the president one day. And that's just like not any, that's not what I wanted to do with my life. That's like, how you know I being an actress is so hard and so difficult, especially making Hollywood that to the point is like, you know what, just, just aim something lower. Let's go for presidency. Let, that's, that, you know, maybe acting is your yes. backup plan, you know? <laughs> yes. That's how hard it is in this industry. It's true. It's definitely that's exactly really hard. right. Yeah. Like I meet yeah. actress all the time, especially, you know, since I'm in LA as well. I literally got my car, someone, hit my car last week um oh i'm sorry that's I know. the worst it's annoying because now it's i'd be so like inconvenient it's yeah. very inconvenient <laughs> i need to fix a car and rent a car while it's being fixed it's a whole thing uh, insurance that's always the worst yep um except uh she's also an actress but at the same time it's like many actresses in la it's like yes you do acting but what do you actually do <laughs> yes Yes. And most of them, they were like, oh, yeah, I, I'm also a writer. Like, I'm doing some script writing. I do producing. I'm like, oh, okay, but but, but what do you do? It's like, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm I a musician and I, uh, I'm I, I'm a barista on the weekend. <laughs> so you get it. Yeah. You oh, yeah. really get it. Because really that's exactly hard. what it's like. Yeah. And because there's so many of them, like, I have done background acting, like, long, long time ago uh, when I first came to LA. Just to, like, give it a try. Like, what is background acting is like? And... <clears throat> Yeah, everybody on set, uh, just the background, not even the main, you know, characters. And everyone, just everyone on set, they're like, "I'm gonna be a big actress." Like, you all look amazing, and you seem to be all very talented. But there's like fifty of you, just background. So the chance of us, any of us, make it is very, very slim. So. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah, and that's what I always tell people when you do acting in LA, you you have to get used to going to audition, and then it's not gonna work out, and you just it's like an easy pick oven. You send it in and you forget it. You set it, you forget it. And that can get extremely demoralizing mm-hmm. because, you know, I've been acting in L.A. for seven years now-ish, and I have probably sent in or gone to 100 editions a year. And if I'm lucky, which I have been, I've booked one nice, good, big project per year. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine... Mm-hmm. Like having a job that only calls you to work three days a year. <sighs> and it does not pay a year's oh, salary. No, and not. <laughs> like people always be like, oh, you make so much money from this one thing. But again, it's only one thing. You know, how hard is it yes. to get that one thing? And on top of that, uh, and I don't think people realize this too, because like you also have to pay, if you have an agent, there's an agent fee. Sometimes yes. there's a manager fee and there's like so many cuts here and there. Like even if, if you... there's a union, if you're in the union, you not only pay your union dues no matter what, but if mm-hmm. you book work, they also take 1% of whatever you make. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Anytime you make any money, there's always a person, multiple people that go like, eh, 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 where's mine? Yes. 
Yes, and especially in the acting industry, it's been it's it's so it's it's so ironic because it is all about who you know and the relationships you can build, mm-hmm. but because actors are so desperate to work, mm-hmm. every person in the industry has been insulated mm. against desperate actors. <laughs> like you're not going to find casting directors information on the internet. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find it. You're not going to be able to talk to them if you call their agency. You are not going to be able to email them. Like it's not going to happen because they would get so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with people trying to network with them out of desperation instead of forming a real relationship with them. That's my fear if I become a, you know, casting director or cast any do any type of casting it's just because i already do it on, on a very mini scale you know i hire content creator or influencer for lots of my work and campaign uh but i do a, a lot of behind the scenes because i fear that if i let people know they all just always bombard me it's like i already get that sometimes some people know so every event's coming up they're like hey uh, martin pack's coming up or e3's coming up you um you, you got you got any work <laughs> i'm like Cool. I thought we were just grabbing lunch, but sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how hard the industry is, is that mm-hmm. because it's so hard and people want it so badly, it, everyone has to protect themselves against it, which then in turn makes it harder, which then mm-hmm. in turn makes them more desperate. It's this whole thing. Vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. It's horrible. So but, how, uh, how did you get started? Like, how did you even land your first gig, even the small ones? Let's see. Well, so along the lines of have a backup plan, my family who loved me. Right. My backup plan of being a president. Um, so my family always told me, okay, you want to be an actor. You're not going to let this dream go. Well, okay. But you have to have an education because then if and I hope this doesn't happen to you, daughter. But if you fail, you're going to need to have a job to pay your bills, to have a good life. So mm-hmm. ha- get your education. And I said, okay, fine. But I'm getting my major in acting. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> it's hard to convince me to do something else other than what I want to do. I'm very determined. Um, so I went to NYU for acting. And... I met someone there that was a film teacher that I had kind of this pivotal moment after my freshman year and I wasn't happy because NYU is the number one dream school for mm-hmm. high schoolers. That's, it also I mean, has a hard school to get in. Sure, yeah. I mean, plus it's in New York City. Yeah. I mean, the Big Apple, like the city, like it's one of the coolest cities in the whole world. And so it's it's one of the biggest dream schools in in all of America. Mm-hmm. But it has the lowest freshman year retention rate. Why? Probably like- because of those expectations. Mm. People have this vision of how it's going to be in their head to go live in the big city. Mm. And then it's dirty and cold and smelly all the time. There's rats everywhere. It rats everywhere, and it's mean. Like, mm-hmm. the city does not care for you. It's not forgiving. 
No, it is a very, very, very difficult place to live and to cut your teeth and to grow and to learn. It's really hard. And because it's also one of the more expensive schools in the nation, and I was very mm -hmm. fortunate to get a scholarship or my family just couldn't, I did not grow up wealthy. Like my family could never afford that, but mm -hmm. I got a scholarship and um, the there is a lot of privilege amongst the people there. Mm -hmm. And that can be very hard for someone who went there on a scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very hard. To, like, it's like culture shock mm -hmm. to be around that much money mm. sometimes. Yep. So it, it's it's interesting. The, the retention rate is really low. And I almost became a victim to it. After my freshman year, I wasn't happy. I realize now no one was happy, but I, I don't know. I thought I should be happy. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll you know transfer to a school back home. None of the schools in California would take NYU credits. I would have had to start all over again. My so God. I would have, yeah, I wasn't able to transfer. And I said, well, that's not happening. So I'll just drop out of school. Well, nobody wanted me to do that either. My family loves me. They said, you have to get your education. And so I told, I was talking about this to a film teacher and he said, um, I want you to finish school. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, if you do, I'll set you up with an agent when you graduate. That's a very and interesting graduation gift. It is. And I have him to thank for graduating college. I am extremely, extremely grateful that he came into my life. Wow. Yeah. And he did. He set me up with an agent that was his brother-in-law. And he was a good agent. Like I was, I had a great, great relationship with him. And I stayed with him up until uh, 2020. So I worked with him for the first multiple years that I was working in LA. Wow. And you know, know. we also know this as a fact that having a great agent is really difficult to get. Like, yes. especially for someone that's completely new, like for most yes. agents that don't know who you are, they're like, I don't care. You're like the last of the priority, least like at the bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say 90% of the agents, similar to how 90% of act, 99% of actors are not working actors, are not making a living actors. 90% mm -hmm. of agents also are not living big they're struggling because yep. their actors are struggling mm -hmm. that's how it is and like, they only that's get a small percentage too so it's like a small percentage of a small percentage of people getting small percentage of money with a small percentage of that money exactly exactly so like it's really hard out there it is really really hard so agents will take on in order to make their bottom line 300 clients they can't mm -hmm. remember 300 people and so a lot of actors end up getting forgotten or pushed to the sidelines mm -hmm. so it's hard to get a good agent that you have a good relationship with and mm -hmm. i just am so grateful that i was i was given the gift of an introduction right mm -hmm. out of school so did you able to land a few i guess was it commercial first or like what are some some things you were doing when you were with him or like what are some memorable gigs i guess the first role that I booked that I was like really excited about was a feature in an indie film called Occupants. And my community, if you're here, you know Occupants because we've watched it a couple times in our Discord. Um, it's a paranormal thriller mm -hmm. about 
parallel universes. Okay. Yeah, and it's good. It's it's all kind of like found footage style from these like security cam these indoor security cameras that the main character sets up in her home. And I played the main character Annie, and I was young. I was like only a year out of school to what have booked a lead in an indie film. It was a huge deal. Which what year was that? Like two thousand twelve, ten, fifteen? I think. Okay. Around then. I can't remember if it was 14, 15, or 16, but somewhere around there. <laughs> my memory has been totally shot since this pandemic, man. I can't remember anything anymore. It's terrible. It's, I know. Like, recently people asked me, like, oh, uh, like, oh, I did that last year or the year. Like, I don't even know, like, what is last year compared to the year before? Because I, like, I don't I know. I can't <laughs> remember anything anymore. And I thought I couldn't remember what happened in 2020 and that turned out to be true but now i can't remember anything that happened before it either wow yeah and that's also 2021 so well that was yeah that's that's been a whole year so far Every eight months into that year yeah like i don't remember this june compared to last june because it was no. both pandemic years so i don't remember right, anything right. it sucks it's really insane, honestly. Um, so, so somewhere around 2014, 15, 16, the, the mid 2000s. Uh -huh. Wait, that somewhere. doesn't count. The, the mid 2000 teens. The, the mid 10s. The mid 10s. <laughs> Is that what they call it? I don't know. We're like, we, How does we, this work? Because we did so whole, so much 90s and later, like 80s, 90s, even 50s. Sure, but like nothing lower than like the 40s. It was like 10s or 20s. I thing. saw yeah. a headline today that called the years from 2000 to 2010 uh-huh the naughties <laughs> why because the oos are sometimes called the aughts oh <laughs> so they were the naughties gotcha. it's like a mix of aught and 90s Wow. So they called it the naughties. And I looked at that and I was like, what are they trying to say? What does this mean? I had to like work Am through it for a little bit. It was very confusing. Uh, yeah. Speaking of being old, like, you know, now whenever um, when you go to a, a bar or whatever, if they see 19 in the beginning, you're already over 21. They don't really have to read the years, you know, your birth years. Because all the kids that have 20, like something now they're 21 now. It's 2021. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's way too quick. I give them my ID and they're like, oh, cool. It's like, do you even read it? It's like, yeah, I say 19, the first two digits. You're old. You're screwed. It's like, fine. I, uh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just gonna, you know what? I don't need that drink. I'm just gonna jump off that building right now. I'm good. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that big time because I'm immediately thinking of like anytime someone like was born in the 18s. Uh -huh. Like, you know, they are an ancient relic. Mm -hmm. Like, they, you're reading about them in a history book. Yeah. That's I gonna read, be us. Yeah, I read somewhere earlier where it's like, the, like, it makes sense, but like, the 1939 to like, 19, I guess, like, um, 60, it's the same times as like, 1980 to now. Like, that seems like a long time ago with a long range, but... Uh, That's not okay. This is uh, not okay. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. It's not okay. I'm not okay with this. Oh, no. 
Yeah, and acting has been really hard this uh this two years. Like even driving through LA,、yes. like I do not see as many sign,、uh, as many like sets going on. Cause I used to live in downtown, so I used to get so annoyed because every time I drive anywhere, there's always sets going on. They're always like on the street. Every、uh, parking lot is filled with someone's set base.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll see that yellow sign everywhere going LA. Uh huh. Yep. And then sometimes I always、so、for、wonder. those of us who don't know. Those signs are basically they have code names of the project on them, and they're telling people who are coming to set for the first time where to park their car, basically.、Mm-hmm. But one of the most fun things for me is to try and figure out from the code name what project is actually filming,、mm-hmm. and I can never figure it out. Sometimes I sometimes I wonder because you know we have been on set, but I'm like, what if I just show up and then just get food and leave? <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> I don't know. They would. Sometimes yeah, these sets are a hundred people.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I realize I could literally bring a clipboard, uh, like wear a headset, and then just oh, totally. It it works every single time. You just walk Even around. Even if like you just have that little roll of gaff tape on、oh, yeah. a keychain,、mm-hmm. you're set. Yeah, no one's gonna question rainbow you. Rainbow color. Yeah. At any time,、yeah. anyone question you anything, just repeat someone's set. Whatever they like, someone talking to. Hold on a second.、Uh, all right, reset on part eight. Okay. <laughs> sorry. What? What did you say? Yeah. Okay. I'm、oh, sorry. Hold on. The、yeah. question is: Do you have the boldness to ever try such a thing? You know, as a photographer, I have done a lots of bold moves. You know, like I've been to a lots of places where I shouldn't be in. Um. That's fair. I, I like, but again, when you have a camera, no one really question you. Like sometimes I'll bring a really long lens just to look like it's an impressive camera, even though I don't really need the long lens. But as long as you look like you hate being there, they're like, "All right, get in." Except it's the total <laughs> opposite experience when you're photographing someplace that you're not supposed to be, because then they want you to pay for a photography permit, so they'll hunt you down. They'll be like, "You <sighs> with your tripod,、mm-hmm. get out." Yeah, that's Los Angeles most of the time. Like、How、I was so confused. Feel like many years ago when I came to、uh, LA just to visit with my parents, you know, before I moved down here, we were at a shopping mall, and I yes, my camera is like a big impressive one, but I was just taking family photos, and the security guard is like, "Sorry, no professional photography." I'm like, "That's just my mom, man. We just like coming down here for lunch. Like, really?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an LA thing that a lot of people would probably be surprised to hear.、Mm-hmm. Is that LA is so full of creative types that the city has been built around how to monetize that. So every single beach,、mm-hmm. parking structure,、mm-hmm. plaza, park, they all have rules for if you want to photograph there professionally, if you want to make some money. Commercially、mm-hmm. photographing at this location, you have to buy a permit. Again, just the same thing. Going back, everyone's like, "Huh? Here, where's my、yeah. money? Huh?、Yeah. Hello? Huh? Yeah. Hello? Bring some of that over here. What are you making? Fifty bucks off of this? That'll be a hundred for your、yeah. permit. <laughs> what are you making?、Yeah. I want some of it. Yes, <laughs> or more. And one of the reasons why LA housing is so expensive and、mm-hmm. so hard to get is because so many houses are film set houses.、Mm-hmm. There are just Empty houses that nobody lives in that are staged and they get rented out for film sets. Why am I、LA. not doing that? That should be my. That's how I make money in sets. Why aren't you doing that? I know, right? Like I want to do that when I was living in downtown loft too. Like back in、uh, when I was li- living downtown, 
Uh, it's a very artsy building, but I have people coming in, random people coming in all the time. Like my next door neighbor were, was always doing like some kind of a model, like um, those things where you like test the model to get photos of them, to, you know, get them in the catalog. So, so, you know, so director can pick them kind of things. Oh, um, sure. But yeah, so I would just have those people coming in all the time and they make so much money. You rent your unit out for like a few hours. That's a few grand. I'm like, yes, that's cut for my whole rent. Why am I not doing that? Why are you not doing that? I don't know. That the, I don't get. The more I do stuff in the industry, the more I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this wrong. Like, I should be... <laughs> <laughs> I should be the Every guy going like this, not giving it. Everybody picks their hustle, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that's not my hustle. Like, I don't want people in my home that I don't know. You don't use your home. That's why you buy more houses and then rent those houses out. <laughs> okay, so then you have to have money to do that. I don't have money. You know, I didn't think that far yet. Okay. Multiple places to live. <laughs> like, Especially I don't not have in that LA. Kind of money. Especially not in LA. Definitely not. Yeah. But oh. most of the people that I know that have done this, because I've been on sets where we're renting someone's house, mm -hmm. is they live there and they have a certain room that's off limits because that's their room with their personal stuff. It has a lock and key, mm -hmm. and they'll just go to stay at a hotel for like 10 days. And the price that they're mm -hmm. paying to rent out the whole home ends up more than covering oh, yeah. their hotel. I'm actually, this is one of my secret project, not project, but one of the secret work that I'm working with is that I work with a location scouter. Mm -hmm. Like he is the guy that has all the places and he also have people bring him more places. And yeah, like, cause like in Hollywood, they don't always need like really glamorous building or like the best one. Sometimes they need all they, kinds of buildings, all kinds of stuff. Some of that has to be really run down. Like that's the look that they want to go for. So they know all the places. But yeah, so that's an interesting little behind the scenes too that people may not know about the film industry is anytime you see anywhere in any TV or movie, a mm -hmm. person's job was a location scout and they drove around to seven different alleys mm -hmm. and either brought the director or sent pictures to the director to say, do you want an alley with a red brick wall or this corrugated metal around it? Or one with a darker red wall. <laughs> or a darker red wall. Or would yeah. you like an alley that has this building on the side or this kind of flooring? Mm -hmm. Like they have to pick out specifically the right look of alley. And so they'll go any, and that, that's any location, mm -hmm. any house, any office building, any alleyway, any studio park, anything mm -hmm. has a location scout. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's an interesting job. Cause like you just walk around and say, I like that. All right. Let, let's add that to the book. Can you but imagine how much driving is involved in that? Uh, and driving in LA is not fun. <laughs> no. You're like, oh, it's only five miles away. It'll take you one hour. Yep. 15 minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. One time I came back home from Santa Monica to downtown LA. That took me two hours. Oh, that's nothing. I've done that in three. <laughs> Friday afternoon traffic, baby. That's a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> it was painful. I've never yeah. forgotten. Yeah, so now nowadays, like whenever I start driving, like I'm gonna use the restroom before I drive, just just to be smart, like yes. Because I also be on the highway, it's like I don't know, do I get out to find a restroom or like what is like what's the game plan? Like that that struggle in your head is like and like on. where are you gonna go? Are you gonna find a Starbucks? Sometimes mm -hmm. all that's available is a shady Arco. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, they're all really shady. And some and random guy so screaming much at you. It's easier for you if you're a guy. If oh, yeah. you're a girl, it's the worst. <laughs> like, yep. I do not have enough hand sanitizer to use in our co-bathroom. Oh. It just there's not enough hand sanitizer in the world. Nobody has. And all yeah, yeah. No. And while you're doing that, there's some random guy that's screaming at you. Yes, every yeah. time. Every single and time. Actually, I just had an experience recently where I was at a gas station and this poor man obviously very high on something <laughs> pants fully off his butt fully mm. off his like full butt cheeks exposed to the world like i don't know like what would you do about it like even cops don't want to do anything like they don't want to touch the person they don't want to do anything i don't want that yeah like i didn't ask to see this man's butt it's but that's just normal day at an la <laughs> like sometimes some location amazing like yesterday i shot in a like really cool looking room set in downtown la but if you go downstairs like on the streets it's like there's crazy people screaming at me there's like like uh, shopping carts on fire i'm like cool cool shopping cool shopping carts on fire yeah one time i Yikes. drove by that happens like the shopping carts on fire and there's like a cop car next to it too and they all just like yeah just a tuesday cool i'm like are you gonna do something yeah as long as nobody killing anybody, they're like, okay, cool. It's a fire. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. some parts of LA are not nice. Yeah. Don't it's really strange. Here. My part of downtown LA was really nice, but literally three streets over, three blocks over, completely different. And that's that's like most cities. Mm -hmm. Like New a York. lot of cities have that in common. New York, it's interesting because nowhere, not really in Manhattan is like that, but in the other boroughs, definitely. You can feel very safe in some parts of Brooklyn, but three train stops too far, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you're on the wrong train. Yep, and next thing you know, it's like, huh, there's a knife in my stomach. Cool, 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 yeah. I actually was coming home from a, a party one night with a bunch of friends, and, and, it, and by a bunch, I mean there were four of us, so I was one of four, mm -hmm. and that exactly happened. I got on the wrong train, I was in Brooklyn, in the safe part of Brooklyn, close to Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then we went to go back to Manhattan and we took the train the opposite direction at three in the morning. Oh, no. And uh, we had a nice Samaritan walk over to us and say, you're on the wrong train. Ooh. When this train stops, you will go up out of the station until the train going the opposite direction arrives. Only then will you walk down into the station and get back on the train. Like even the and station we like, is not safe? Yes, sir. <laughs> it was at that mm -hmm. point that drunk Brianna was like, oh, now is the fear for your life portion of tonight. Okay. Instantly. Good. I need to sober up like now. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was very scary. Yeah, I, I believe it. So, But <clears throat> I did live to tell the tale. Well, and also, see. I'm glad now you're in LA, you know? And yeah, you know, now I just have to see butts when I don't want to. It's a very different experience. You're still in the wrong part of the town, but you know, it's just... <laughs> uh, I, was, I was never much for the downtown life. I like something a little bit quieter. I like a, somewhere in between, I guess, you know? Yeah? Like, I'm all, like I, close proximity to quiet, but also close proximity to the nightlife. Like, I was born and raised from Hong Kong, so, like, I... Like, but it's a really modern city. Not too many crazy people, not any, like, 
no madness. There's no guns. No, no Is stabbing. Is that what determines a modern city? Yeah, just just nobody stabbing anybody and <laughs> shooting someone. <laughs> Until well, the uh, old cities still yeah. have stabbings. And I was told USA is like the most modern and number one country in the world when I first came here. I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Another another shooting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, very, very different. So I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to accustom to like American culture. Yeah. Uh, but how do you then, okay sorry back to back back on track what we're talking about right right tangent aside yep i don't know how we got to here but we're getting I'm, back on the wrong on the right train the right train back to the other direction <laughs> so you got your first gig and then you do a bunch of uh, some some gigs so actually tell me the main one how did you end up being ever from final fantasy like that is i know i'm sure you told the story multiple times on every single platform Thank everyone you. asks you the same question but I kind of want to know as well and, you know, enlighten me. What, what's the story like? So I actually did not submit for this. Again, another weird flex. <laughs> yes. Um, it was very strange. So I did not. Normally, the listing goes up on the website that mm -hmm. only agents have access to and casting directors. And the agent will see the listing and put, you know, 10 people that might fit from their roster and submit 10 names and be like, if you'd like to get auditions from these 10 people, let me know. And then they deal with the scheduling and then we get the email. In this mm -hmm. particular case, um, I believe they were asking for somebody else. And then that person was not available. And then my agent said, oh, you know, look down my roster, see if there's anybody else that you'd want to audition. And the casting director did the work mm. and looked down the roster on IMDb and found my demo reel mm. and said, mm, what about her? Let's bring her in. And of course, I get the email in my inbox and I'm pretty sure it was like a code name that, that they were using. As usual. But I kind of knew anyway because they said just enough that like, I would know because like I know games like I knew characters so mm -hmm. I pretty much knew what I was auditioning for and I was able to prepare for it and I was like doing my happy dance the second I got it I was <laughs> like oh my gosh I can't believe I got a ginger for a final fantasy time reading oh my god I was so pumped of course and then I thought but they're gonna cast someone famous so mm -hmm. there is no reason for me to think that I'm gonna book this so the goal here is mm -hmm. to have so much fun doing the coolest audition of my life that I won't get to tell anybody about. So, so okay, before, even before this, you were mostly doing a lot of on-screen acting, but not as much as like uh, voice acting, right? I hadn't done any voice acting. My voice acting experience so this is was... big first one? Is your first one? Wow. Yes. I had one voiceover class in college. <laughs> That's it. I had actually asked my agent years prior, you know, can I join voice? Can I, can I join the voice acting department? Can I look into voice acting? And she said, well, what can you do? And I said, well, you know, I took a class at NYU and I think I could be pretty good at it. And she's like, everybody wants to do voice acting. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So let me know when you can do things. Wow. And she was talking about like voices, impressions, like characters, none of which I could do because I hadn't 
even thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she didn't sign me up for any voice acting anything. <laughs> and then this just fell into my lap, basically. So for the audition, so is it as usual, right? They send you a script and you kind of have to read some lines and see if it fit the characters, but they don't really tell you what it is. But so it's nothing related actually from the game, but it's a some. Actually, it was. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was the script from the first trailer, I think. Oh. That ever came out. Okay. Okay. That then that's pretty obvious, and you definitely know what it is. If you don't, if you don't know who the characters are, mm. and you didn't play Final Fantasy VII back in 1997 when it came out, you wouldn't recognize it. You know uh-huh. what happens? Like she says, "Here, this is for you." It's not specific. Enough. I like how you instantly go into the voice too when you. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's my key in line. You remember that? Yeah. I told you that. Yeah. Yes. That's that's my key in line. So that one, I just. That's I I can't say it any other way I don't think, <laughs> um, yeah. So so the audition was was that material and I was prepared for it because I knew ahead of time what I was auditioning for, which I think ultimately helped me book it because I was able to say I was able to listen back to all of the other English voice actors for Aerith and I was mm-hmm. also able to listen to her Japanese reference voice uh, who's. Maya Sakamoto, she's an absolute legend. She's mm-hmm. been Aerith's voice actress since the beginning. Mm-mm. Like the beginning, beginning. So she's Great. been Aerith's voice actress for like 20 years now. Uh, mm. Absolute legend. So and you so, did your homework. Yeah, I did my homework and I think that is what helps me book it. Yeah. How long was the wait between you submitting your audition from then knowing you actually got it? Truly, it felt like an entire lifetime. It was long enough for me to completely think there's no way there's not a chance that they actually will book me for this because it's been so long that they would have had to move on Mm. and that's when i got the email that's that's like holding your breath forever it's just like come on come on but i didn't i didn't hold my breath because it's way too long i i knew i didn't book it i knew they were gonna give it to someone famous in my mm. head, like that's, I wasn't holding my breath. Mm. So now they're like, set it, forget it, kind of thing. I mean, not even had, forget it. It's more like it's not gonna happen. I had pretty much let it go. Yeah, I I had w- been waiting to hear news that somebody else had booked it by then. Mm. So when you know it, did they send you an email? Did your agent tell you or what? I got an email. Did you read it like a few times? Like, oh god, oh god. Oh yes, I cried. Instantly. <laughs> Never in my life have I so instantly cried. Instantly. Just tears and it instantly. Was the kind of feeling where you go, wait a minute, I'm dreaming, but in a good way. Everybody talks about this, this can't be happening. I must be dreaming in a bad way. But how mm. often do people talk about it happening like in a good way? Like, mm. how can my life be this cool? No way. That's how I felt. Great. That's ah, that's a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie. Like I hopefully I'll get that soon. We'll see. I feel like there may be a few moments in my life, but maybe not. I you feel haven't like, felt that yet. I, I don't know, cause like I feel like everything, every time something cool and awesome happened, I kind of moved the goalpost again. So I'm like, okay, that was okay, cool. 
you've got some some not good enoughness. Uh, I deal with that too. Yeah. I deal with that too. And it it also like happens with different things for me. So like mm-hmm. with certain like career success, like it's only happened to me twice in my life. The time when I booked Aerith and the time when I found out I got into NYU. Mm. And those are both very specifically related to like my success as an artist. Mm-hmm. Which is something that my whole life people have told me I could never succeed at. And so in that moment, it's kind of validating that I knew I was right. I knew it. I knew I could do this. Nobody else believed in me, but I did. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a valid, it's like a validation of, of that feeling. And so if you don't have that sort of like tension mm-hmm. of like, maybe I can't do this. If you don't have that sort of doubt there in the first place, you you might not feel so happy when you finally get it. I'm actually having something right now in the work that may be close to that. Like to point out, like if I able to get it, I will instantly fly home and tell my parents. Hopefully, my Asian parents will be proud of me. But we'll see. We'll see how that I've goes. I've heard that's notoriously difficult. It is pretty difficult. <laughs> yes, you know, it's like it's, it's something wrong. If your parents say that, oh, son, I'm proud of you. Then you're like, something's wrong. Are you dying? Like, what's going on, mom? Is everything okay? You're like, yeah. We, we don't say I'm proud of you or like I love you. That's just uh, why, why. I mean, sometimes my parents will say nice things, but they'll say it in English, so it sound less awkward to us. Interesting. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, like you, you know, you know, my parents say like, you know, uh. Speak to me in Cantonese the whole time, right? But then maybe before I take my flight to leave and like go back to go to school or like you know move to LA, they'll be like, "Son," and like, "Ah, uh, joy, uh, and um, love you," and then just walk away. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, cool, 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 cool." Really? Yeah. No, we don't. We don't really show emotion. It's not really in our nature. <laughs> but everyone's That's in Cantonese, so and so like, surprising. Yeah. I never even thought mm-hmm. that. Feelings would be associated with a language. I, no one in my life is really bilingual. And so I don't, I don't hear that part of the experience very often. Mm. That's so fascinating to me. Recently, I watched the uh, Shang-Chi movie, the new Marvel movie. Mm. Uh, I was there for the world premiere and it was an amazing experience uh, because the main, one of the main actor, uh, the father in that, in that, in the movie, he is an actor I watched growing up. And I would never thought in my life, he's from Hong Kong. Yeah, almost like half of the cast there is from Hong Kong. So never in my life, I would be like, this guy that I've watched growing up is now in a main, like the giant Disney movie by Marvel. And I'm watching it in America on like at Hollywood, like literally world premiere, red carpets all the way. I have to suit up the whole time. And I'm like, I can't even do anything. I cannot record it. That's like really strict security. It's a big thing. It's really a big thing. I'm like, this is weird. What is going on? Like, this is my life now. And I'm like, I'm really proud. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm still thinking that I'm in Hong Kong. That's why I see those actors. But I'm in America. And like, this is the first time it's happening. So it's a big wow. deal. Wow. Yeah. That's such a cool feeling, though. It's so, it's cool. It's strange. It's a lot yeah. of emotion all mixed in one. And yeah. it's like, this is, this is weird. But hopefully that opened up more doors for other potential future, you know? Yeah. yeah. There, there are a few moments like that in our lives where we almost can't describe 
how it really felt because mm-hmm. it's so like complex and it's it has surreal. such a history and it's surreal and it almost kind of breaks mm-hmm. the reality that you thought you lived in. Mm-hmm. Very strange. It's yeah, it's just it's great. So again, I would love to have more of those experience. See kind of what lives brings. I don't know. I uh, am certain that life is going to bring you more of those moments. Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, we'll see. I'm certain of it. Oh, well, how how long do you take for you to record the whole? Was it part one? Is that what we call? Uh, well, it's called Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a very long title with many words. Yes, but do they not call it part one or part seven because it's not done done? They call it Final Fantasy VII Remake. How long, did it, how, how long did it take you to well the gameplay itself is how long like 40 hours i'm guessing somewhere around there oh gosh i spent longer than that i think i spent probably 70 hours you play on stream too i did yeah, yeah. but i you know like to take my time with stuff so mm-hmm. maybe for the average person maybe 40 to 50 hours it's it's still a pretty it's a pretty hefty game there's a lot oh, of yeah. content to get through with all of the vr battles and the coliseum battles yeah, it's a lot. And how long did it take you to do the recording session? Well, you know, I'm only one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It it took on and off most of 2019. Wow. But, you know, on and off. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of hard for me to even say, like, how much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it was a lot. Mm. And uh, I know you play on stream, like earlier, like even on my stream, they're using your the emotes, like she did the thing. <laughs> That's what you told me, right? Every time you do the voice, you're like, she did the thing. She did the thing. Yeah, we have those two emotes, the she did the thing emote. Did you play yeah. the whole game whenever, how often do you like use her voice when you were streaming it? I would say maybe once or twice per stream. Mm. And all in all, I think we did like 30 streams. Mm. Okay. It's a lot That's of a lot. streams to get through the game. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, maybe once or twice I did the voice per stream. Yeah. That's fun. Well, you should do more with other voice actresses as well or actors, like, you know, especially the game ones and see. Maybe do like a collapse stream or something. Do they stream? Yeah. Do- I don't even know. So I had a collab going at the beginning of 2020 uh-huh. where I would bring on Final Fantasy VII Remake voice actors to play with me as we played through the original Final Fantasy VII. Mm. And that was so fun. But because of you know having another person there and I needed more space and I didn't want it to do it at my home, I had to rent a studio. And mm. so... I had said at the beginning of 2020, like, I will be finishing this playthrough. Even if I have to do it by myself, I will be finishing it come hell or high water. And then a global pandemic hit. And I was like, well, I did not expect that. I think a global pandemic was worse than hell or high water. So (laughs) um, I had to put that playthrough on pause because I I couldn't collab with other people. And one of the reasons why I did it is because Content creation can end up being kind of lonely. I mean, you mm-hmm. know this. Like, it mm-hmm. can end up feeling like just so 
isolating because a lot of the times, you know, you're just at the end of the day looking at a computer screen mm-hmm. for like eight hours. And the worst part, I think, is that you do not know how much you're going to get out of it at the end. Like you can spend hours and yes. hours making content. You don't know how much content you get. You also do not know how people like feedback and receive it, you know. And it's kind of like, again, same with audition. You kind of just do it and hopefully do well, but you can't expect it to do well. Oh, definitely. And now it's even worse because most auditions are Mm self-tapes. So I'm once again, standing in a room alone, putting myself on camera and then sending it into the void. Like That's, That's how it feels like. That is, yes, exactly. And so it used to be I actually got to go into the room and meet people and mm-hmm. meet casting directors and try to make a connection. Mm-hmm. Not so. Yeah, not I anymore. feel like those who give me a better chance, at least like, you know, maybe they don't want me for this, but they remember me. So maybe I leave a good enough impressions. They want me for another project, you know, at least you kind of have that feeling, you know. That actually has happened to me. That's how I booked a role on Popstar. Ooh. So I didn't initially audition for Popstar. Oh. I auditioned for a Netflix series called Love, Mm. which it's kind of funny. A friend of mine from college ended up booking the role that I auditioned for. Mm. So she booked it and I didn't. And ultimately, I was kind of happy that I didn't book it because it had nudity in it. It was Mm. like required. And I called my manager when I got the audition and I said, I don't want to do this. This isn't who I am. And he said, you need to go to the audition anyway because mm. you never know what's going to happen in the room. And, mm. you know, these types of things, they can be negotiated, he said. Mm-hmm. So I went in to do the audition. She booked the role, and I got to be so happy for her and so happy for me that I didn't book it. <laughs> and I didn't have to deal with that awkward conversation. And also, they liked me enough to just offer me the role in Popstar. I didn't even have to audition for it. That's so they crazy. did exactly remember me liked me and then offered me a different role that's similar to my friends who was auditioning for um uh, was he was a power ranger but he didn't audition for it his brother did he was just there to with his brother but like hey, you know what how about this you you here give it a try too and then he got it instead of his brother really yeah but later they they gave it to his brother so his brother finally got it as well and it's a oh very touching gosh. story too yeah Good, because I could not imagine if my sibling booked the role that they didn't even go out for. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I don't yeah, know if I Yeah, but the next generation Power Ranger, they definitely troll him. Like they told him that they not, he's not getting it. So everyone thinks he's not getting it until the day of. Uh, so my friend, my friend was bummed out because his brother didn't get it. Right, he thought at the end, at uh, the second season. Yeah. Um. So everyone's bummed out, but then. When he had to give his mantle to the next whoever Power Ranger is, that's, you know, next one, he read the name, but it's his brother's name. And he was really confused because he was told his brother's not getting it. So he thought he was losing his mind. It's like, he wanted so badly, he's seeing his brother's name. I'm like, this this, this is not right. And they're like, so say the name. No, he was on stage. It was a Power Ranger convention. Oh like, say my the gosh. Name. And then he just reluctantly kind of say his brother's name and his brother just run up. like, yep, I'm the next one. <gasps> I just yeah. got chills. I can't imagine. I yeah. can't. That's I wish that crazy. were going to be like a story, like a movie someday, you know, right? Or something. Yeah. Well, hey, now it's a podcast episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have him on my podcast too, and he told me the whole story and it was, it was quite a story. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, 
um, again, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why people always ask me, like, why are you in LA? Like, lots of things that we do, we don't always end up choosing what we do. We just end up at the right place. And if we work hard, then we might have a chance to get something. But you just kind of have to be there. Yeah, it's kind of like the, um, I don't know if it's like a quote or a saying, but it's it's something like your job is like archery. Hmm. Like you don't always have control over the type of wood the bow is made with or the strength you have to pull the arrow back. But your job, the only thing you can really control is to keep aiming. Mm. like there there is so much in our lives that we can't really control that we don't know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what we can focus on is what prize we have our eyes on Mm. and where we want that arrow to go and we're probably going to shoot eight thousand arrows every day until the day we die they're going to go askew they're going to snap and f- disintegrate before they even go anywhere. But if you keep shooting in the direction that you're aiming for and you keep your eyes on that bullseye, eventually the arrows will start to get closer and closer and closer and closer. And that's something that I keep thinking about when I wonder, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Why why haven't I booked an on-camera role in 3 years? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Am I, I doing like, it's really self-questioning cuz like am I doing something wrong? Like is there something yeah. wrong with me? Like I mean, yeah. of course all our friends say no, you're great, but like am I? Like they're saying I'm great, but I'm not getting what I really want. Like yeah. it's frustrating and scary. It is. And there are so many things that like I know for me as an actress, it it comes down to Am I not skinny enough? Am I not muscular enough? Should I get bangs? Should I become a brunette? Like, do yeah. I need mm-hmm. to actually spend $800 on new headshots? Like, do I need a new agent? Do I need to sleep with a producer? Mm-hmm. Like, like what obviously is the right I would move? never do that. Yeah, but what is the right move? Like, nobody knows the answer. That's the nobody problem. Nobody knows. Yeah. And so you, my, my honestly, like, biggest advice to anybody in this godforsaken industry is you have to be happy first. Mm-hmm. You have to do what makes you happy first, and you have to assume you've failed, assume you're never gonna book another role. What would you do if that were the case? Mm-hmm. Would you dye your hair brunette? Then do it. Would you get bangs? Then do it. But it. if you wouldn't, then don't. <laughs> Don't do anything in this life that you think is going to change just enough to to get you something you can't control. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes, you know? yeah, it's really based on what's out. Like, there's no right answer. And there's also no specific rules. And sometimes they don't pick you. It's not because of you. There's so yeah. many factors in it. And it's, yeah, if you keep questioning yourself, it's... It's so crossing. Like there's there's no way you can figure it out. Yeah. And on the other hand, it works that way when you book roles too. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of people think if I could just book XYZ, I would know that I've made it. But 
it doesn't work that way either. Because yeah. if, mm-hmm. if you don't know if you're doing it right when you didn't book it, you sure as heck are not going to know if you're doing it right when you booked it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets even worse because you don't even know if you're ever going to book anything ever again. What if I peak? <laughs> yeah. A- am I ever going to book another voiceover role? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Am I ever going to book another on-camera role? I don't know. And that's why I started content creation is because I thought, what can I do in the meantime? Like, mm-hmm. what can I do when I'm not being an actor? It's what you said. Like, what do you do? What's your okay, th- sure, yeah. you're an actress. Like, but what do you what do? do, you do? <laughs> I'm a content creator. That's what I do as when I'm not acting, when I don't have control over that. And when I want to... When I want to act, I'm well aware that I'm going to have to make it myself. Mm. I'm going to have to make my own content. I'm going to have to make my own movie. I'm going to have to hire a writer and hire a director and act in a movie that I produce for myself. That's something I like internalized very early on. Like so I when do are not you doing like that? waiting. Well, I've done it a couple times already. Okay. Which is awesome. Um, so I have a couple friends. Uh, Joshua Levy and Prathi Srinivasan, and they are amazing, amazing, amazing writers. And Joshua I met while I was in college, and he's actually also a fabulous director as well as a writer. And Prathi is also a fabulous actress as well as a writer. And um, we have produced a pilot presentation called Wasted, thanks Mm -hmm. in part to the Strange Rebel Gaming community. We did a Kickstarter, and we fundraised for that. And so we produced that, and then that um is currently getting shopped around you know Mm -hmm. how it goes like Mm -hmm. you get something made you're all excited and then you like pitch it to someone and they're like yeah we love it and then like you don't hear for like a year and you're like well Mm. what now Mm -hmm. you always try (laughs) to find someone who's like oh yeah i have a cousin who work at netflix like okay okay can he bring me to talk to people like what is this like and are they gonna pick it up like yep uh-huh and so even when there's good news you still have to wait like eight years before the mm-hmm. next good news and mm-hmm. that's that's like don't even get me started on acting like trying to get something made made like professionally made is the same thing except mm-hmm. instead of a person it's the project mm-hmm. like the project will get a yes we love this we buy it and then they don't make it for eight years. Mm-hmm. They just bought it so no one else would. <laughs> yep. And that's why <laughs> that you see happens. Fox does that a lot. They'll buy something. Sometimes they even make it, but then instantly, eh, we're going to cancel it. They all do. They all do. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a bit so crushing, to be honest. So It is. I, I do not suggest anyone who won a stable life to do what we do. <laughs> no, there's nothing stable about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The good but, thing about for you right now, though, is that mm-hmm. you're doing so much content creation. Also, you know, outside of acting, like you, you have a huge, you know, uh, fan base, follower base. It's really strange because Hollywood right now is looking a lot into that, where they want someone who is, you know, great at acting, but also have some type of social media following. It's really strange. It's frustrating for people who are not traditionally liking to, you know, grow that following. But I feel like you're in a very interesting position that has that. Yes and no. Because here's here's what I see. I have seen 
because I followed it. You know, people who have become famous on new media, we'll call it. And we mm -hmm. count that as Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, social mm -hmm. media. People get really famous really quickly in new media. Mm -hmm. And then they try to transition to traditional media and they get thrown into the pot with people like Will Smith, Brad Pitt, Reese Witherspoon, Kristen Bell, like they just get thrown into the old traditional media pot. Mm -hmm. And the traditional media pot has a lot more time to percolate. So people know each other more. There's more connections. Yeah. Um, and there's more legitimacy according to them. Mm -hmm. The old school way. The old school way. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's there's more reputation. There's more... It's Je like ne sais quoi. It's like rules, yeah, like unwritten rules. Rules, kind of yeah. yeah. There's like mm -hmm. a loyalty. There's like a club. Like mm -hmm. if you're in yeah. like the Hollywood club. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The people in the Hollywood club don't consider new media stars legitimate stars. Oh, no, yeah, no, definitely not, yeah. Even though if you put most A-list celebrities on a... If you put a number to their social media following. Oftentimes, these like really big new media stars have way more followers, mm -hmm. have way more of a fan base than traditional media. Even though that's true, there's still old Hollywood reputation and mm -hmm. loyalty and being a part of the club. The club, yeah. Yeah, so you see a lot of like Will Smith being really successful on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like that's all well and good and fine. And like he deals with that transition, no problem. But new media still has a really, really hard time transitioning to Hollywood. I'll say it has not helped me book any roles or mm. even get auditions. I have gotten, because of my role as Aerith, I've gotten one like offer to mm -hmm. audition. Like one, they call it a request when someone requests you versus when you submit Supply. for something. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I've gotten one request for a, another video game, mm. but not anything for actual Hollywood. Do you think it hurts you or help you with your new media following and fan base and stuff? I actually don't know. And I don't care. Mm. Because like I said, I have to be happy with myself first. Mm -hmm. I have to pay my bills first. Acting can sometimes be a toxic relationship. If you make it your whole world, your whole life, your whole soul, like if you make, I can understand making the art that for you. Mm -hmm. I can't understand making booking that for you because you have no control over the auditions that you mm -hmm. get because you don't have access to the actual breakdowns. Mm -hmm. Only agents and casting directors have that. So you don't have access to A, how much you're being submitted, B, how much your submissions are being accepted, C, how much you can actually schedule those auditions, D, what roles are out there, E, if those roles are good for you, F, if you nail your audition. Sometimes you can't control if you're actually good that day. Sometimes you just had too much caffeine beforehand or you had a bad meal last night and your stomach's upset. Like you have COVID one day randomly. Like these things happen. You can't actually control nailing every audition. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. 
Then step F is after you've done all that that's out of your control, you actually get a call back. What, ha- what comes after F? G? Step uh-huh. G. You nail the callback. If it's a really big thing, then you go to camera testing. Are you going to nail that? I don't know. Were you born with perfect skin? Were you born with gorgeous blue eyes? Okay. So then you got to do all that. Mm -hmm. And you're against everybody else who was born with perfect skin. Everybody else who was born with gorgeous blue eyes and perfect Mm -hmm. hair and perfect body and also talented and smart and witty and charismatic. Like you're up against the top elite best of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. The 1%, the point. Oh, one percent. If you can get past all of that, that's out of your control. You maybe, also still don't control if you book it. Then maybe. Then still maybe you'll get it. And still maybe. Hmm. If you make that process the only thing you care about in life, that is a toxic relationship because mm. all of that is outside of your control. And you're gonna get no. Mm. Or you're going to get stopped or you're going to have it go wrong. One thousand, one hundred thousand more times than it goes right. And I've seen a lot of men and women come to LA living that dream, that idea is that like, oh yeah, I'll go to LA and I'm going to, for some reason, go onto a set or someone, someone going to notice me and I'll be the next big thing. But there's 10,000 other people doing the exact same thing every single day. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it does happen for some people. Oh, yeah. But it's the same thing as winning the lottery. Booking <laughs> is like winning the lottery. Every time you book successfully, you have won the lottery. Mm-hmm. Those are what the, that's what the reality is. And I don't have time for toxic relationships. I don't have time for things. I don't ruminate on things I can't control. So I put in just the right amount of time, energy, money, and effort not endless. You know, I was talking with a friend the other day. Every time I go to my agency, every single time in the past, however many years I've been doing this, seven or so, mm-hmm. every time I go in, they go, you need new headshots. And they I go, I can't, I can't possibly need new headshots every time mm-hmm. I see you. And they're expensive. I get brand new, I spend $800 on brand new headshots. Mm-hmm. The very next time I see my agents, they go, you need new headshots. Mm-hmm. I just got new headshots. I don't need new headshots. Get me the next gig first. Precisely. Get me the next job. But they say, we can't get you gigs because you need new headshots. God. So I spend the appropriate amount of time, energy, money that I consider to be appropriate, that I consider to be within my boundaries of this toxic relationship. And I'll book if I book. I'll audition if I audition. And I won't if I won't. And in the meantime, I'll do what makes me happy. Something that I can control. And that is content creation. But also, how about this? I mean, I'm streaming this on record. If you ever need headshot, like actual professional show headshots for acting stuff, hit me up. I got you. Not a problem. Well, as a matter of fact, my agent really thinks I need new headshots. Oh, oh. What, what a surprise. What a surprise. <laughs> so that would be great. I will take you up on that. Thank you. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, again, you're sharing a lot of great story, a lot of, uh, great experience and some really wise word, you know? So would, I would just try to think more about it too, like, especially the archery thing. And, um, uh, 
Hopefully that will keep aiming. I know, cause like I'm in the same toxic relationship. That now I'm not in it, but I'm trying to avoid getting into it. It's just very. It's an easy trap, you know. Especially we keep seeing a lot of success story, you know, uh, that people are doing, and sometimes it's very discouraging. <laughs> yes, I I totally just have to reiterate the keep aiming part. I actually was on another podcast talking about this exact thing recently, but it hasn't been announced yet, so I don't want to announce it here. Mm. Um, when it does get announced, I'll post it on on social media. Can't wait. But um, I I think that the success stories are great if they motivate you. Mm -hmm. If they demotivate you, don't listen to them. Like you can choose to decline that invitation to listen to that story. You know, I'm also feel like I'm a little bit um. It's actually I'm doing the opposite. I, I'm pretty sure it's not a good thing, but sometimes when a failure case actually motivate me more, <laughs> I feel like oh no, they try really hard and didn't get it. It's like fine, I'll try even harder. Hopefully, I'll get it. Whatever works. <laughs> you know the stories that that really make me happy that really like motivate me and like ground me and settle me mm -hmm. are stories of like John Hamm, mm. like saying he was about to quit acting at 40 years old. Like he had been acting his whole adult life. And mm. at 40, he'd been doing it for his whole adult life, 20 years, two decades. And he said, I don't think I can do this anymore. He'd finally like been like, I think I'm done with this relationship. I'm not going to put any more time, energy, money into it. And then he got the audition for Mad Men and booked it at 40 years old. <sighs> the industry like was not ready for him until that role came along at that time in his life. Oprah did okay. not mm -hmm. succeed at whatever she was doing. I mean, she, I, I've listened to her biography, like she was doing all the right things, succeeding in all the right ways for most of her life. She is Oprah after all. <laughs> But like she didn't reach like big time, no one can touch me because I am Oprah's success until mm -hmm. later in her life. Mm -hmm. Like so many of these stories are the ones where you realize that like there's no time limit. Mm -hmm. There's no expiration date. Even Harrison Ford, look, right? Harrison Ford like he didn't was start pretty young when he booked First acting. Was Indiana Jones? But I feel like he didn't make it big until he was like 40-something. He was doing carpenting before that. I don't remember. Who, who, uh... Anyone in chat? Who, who, in, who in chat knows the story of, uh... Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah, That's I don't what know. I thought I was told, but yeah. But, you know, um, it's, yeah, no limit. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at lottery winners. Like, look at pictures of lottery winners. Some people win when they're 19, and some people win when they're 84. You don't get to pick when lightning strikes. I, I want to win as soon as possible. I, I'm just letting you know, man. Like, Everybody I, I, wants <laughs> that. Everybody wants that, but it doesn't work that way. If it's out of your control, you don't get to pick when lightning strikes. This is my favorite metaphor. Hmm. Success is a lightning bolt. You do not get to pick when the storm comes. But in the meantime, build your lightning rod so that when it comes through, you're directing it where you want it to go. Hmm. So whether that's for me, my social media following, so that when the time comes and the casting director says, oh, we love her, but we want someone with a social media following of XYZ numbers, I'll be ready. 
Yep. Right. Lux is for those one who are prepared when the opportunity comes. Or take classes if you're starting out doing whatever craft or hobby you want to succeed at. Like take classes so that when a Final Fantasy level audition falls in your lap out of nowhere and you're so unprepared, <laughs> you'll be a little bit prepared. <laughs> you still got it, so. <laughs> and it happens. Like, like I had no business booking this role. I had no business booking a voiceover role of this caliber, of this level, with no experience. No experience, no any real show of work, you know? I had no business, and yet it happened. And it'll happen for everybody over time if you just keep aiming and find a way to make yourself happy in the meantime. Good. That's all you can do. <clears throat> Those are great words to live by. And hopefully everyone chats watching this anywhere listening to this hopefully you can find your own happiness because you know it's, it's a long journey and finding happiness is as the older i get the more I realize it's, it's a really hard thing to do you know find mm. your own happiness and that's kind of just what you need to do awesome it's true well thank you so much being on here today you know it was lovely lovely talking to you uh you know both you know learning about your career how where you get your but you know, also catch up you know like it's it's always lovely but Definitely, I'll hit you up uh, or hit me up for those headshots. Uh, so make your agent happy so he won't keep asking you, like, you need new headshots. Yeah, I'm going to get new headshots and then they're going to say, mm, what about, can you can you get this other headshot photographer? And I'll be like, no. Always something. I can't. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me anywhere. I'm easily findable. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Instagram, did I say that one? Twitter. How, how are you liking Twitch? TikTok right now? Every how am I liking TikTok? You know, yeah. I've only posted one single TikTok and you were there when I made it. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I actually That's the only one. I have like behind the scenes of you making it too. Oh cool. You should post that to your TikTok. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> you should. Yeah, I've all only right. posted the one TikTok, but it's at it's Brianna White on all my social media. Yeah. Just look up Brianna White, you'll find her everywhere. So yeah. Thank you so much. And again, thanks everyone for watching, for joining. <clears throat> you can watch uh, all my podcasts on YouTube, but you can also join us live on Twitch. Uh, I'm trying to do this every Wednesday. Next Wednesday, I'm still doing it. I think the Wednesday after, I might be in Big Bear, but we'll see. Uh, follow me on Modern Modern Photos. Uh, photo, not photos, just one. Uh, and you'll be able to uh, keep updated with all my work. Until then, have a great night, and I'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.